are listening to Just Keep Waiting, a podcast dedicated to encouraging and inspiring you through faith-based stories, scripture, and prayer. Here are your hosts, Janet, Kita, and Wayne. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of Just Keep Waiting. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to hang with us. On today's show, we want to talk about, is it ever too late? A while ago, I was having a conversation with a friend. The conversation turned to God's forgiveness and who is and is not allowed in heaven. My friend asked me a question. How can a person commit wrong all their lives and on their deathbeds be allowed to ask for forgiveness and can enter the kingdom of heaven? At the time, I didn't know how to biblically respond to her, but I knew what I felt in my spirit. I told her as long as there was breath in their bodies, they have the opportunity to ask God for forgiveness. And because of the sacrifice Jesus made for us, our sins will be forgiven. She said she didn't see how that could be true. And I told her not everyone is given that last opportunity to ask for forgiveness. Some people die swiftly and never get the chance to get it right with God. To wait until you're on your deathbed to seek God is a big gamble. After that conversation, it bothered me that I didn't have a scripture to send her to, that I didn't know how to biblically answer her question. It was one thing to tell her how I felt about it, but I wanted to point her to what the Bible said about it. It bothered me so much that I prayed and I asked God to reveal to me how I can answer that question if it ever comes up again. And we all know God has a sense of humor. Later in the week, I was watching a movie. There was a guy on his deathbed and an angel from heaven came down to a pastor and said, there's an emergency. A man is about to die and he hasn't received salvation. We need you to come immediately. When the pastor went into the hospital room, he started to talk about a parable from Matthew 20 verses 1 through 16. Now, I'm not going to say it verbatim, but I'll give you my rendition of it. There is a landowner who goes out to hire day laborers. He hires a guy early in the morning and says, if you will work, I will give you a day's wage. Later in that afternoon, he goes out again and brings in workers and says, if you will work, I will give you a day's wage. He goes out at three o'clock and does the same thing. Around five, he goes out again. At the end of the day, he lined all of the workers up and told the foreman to pay them, starting with the last first. So he gave the guy who started at five o'clock his full day's wage. The guy who started working first got excited because he's thinking, I'm going to get more. The foreman got to the guy who started working first. He gave him his wage and the guy was upset. I've been working in the scorching heat all day and I got the same pay as the guy who started at five o'clock. The landowner was a little taken aback. He said, can I not do with my money what I want? Why are you upset? Did I not give you what I promised you? You see, Jesus told this parable to show us that it doesn't matter when we accept him, only that we accept him. So yes, even on your deathbed, if you confess your sins, ask for forgiveness and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will get the same reward as anyone who has spent their lives serving God. But here's the question. Why wait? Why gamble with your soul? I want to bring in my awesome co-host, Kita Wayne, hearing the parable of the day laborers. I want to get your thoughts. Is it ever too late to accept Jesus and enter the kingdom of heaven? You know, my thoughts about this 
this parable is, is that I don't think that you should wait to the last minute because you never know when that last minute actually is. You could be in your car driving to work and something can happen to you quickly. Do you have time in that moment to actually ask God for forgiveness? You never know if that moment can happen just as quickly as you snap your fingers or blink your eyes. So why take the chance on salvation and wait to the last moment? Because the last moment can just be right now just for you. Yeah, I totally agree. I think waiting is such a huge gamble. Are you willing to wage your soul on a bet? Are you willing to wage that I will have a chance to accept Christ before I die? That's a big gamble. And I'm not a gambling person. I think it's important to know that you can't think of God like you think of man. I can manipulate man to think I'm going to do this thing when I'm ready because I know the benefit of making this decision. But God knows your heart. He knows your intention. So you can say, I'm going to accept him. But to have salvation, that's a heart change. That's not words out of your mouth. That's not a mental thing. That's not, you know, looking away. That is a complete and utter heart change. Are you telling me that I can't bite the dime and say, hey, God, you know, I, I've done a lot of my life and eh, let me get it right. OK, so I would say it this way. The Bible says that his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. I don't know what's in your heart. Only you and God knows that. You cannot go into a situation thinking that you can manipulate God. He knew what your decision was before you made your decision. So you can't say, oh, well, I'm going to continue to party. I'm going to continue to do that. And then when I'm on my deathbed, if by the grace of God, I'm given the moment where I'm going to be on my deathbed, that's when I'm going to change. Because if your heart didn't change, then you're still going to end up in that final destination of hell. Right. To confess it with your mouth and say, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Those are just words. Words if you don't have a heart change to go along with it. So on your deathbed, is your heart changing or are you just out of fear saying, I'm going to accept God because I know I'm about to die? Like Keita said, you can't manipulate God. So let me say it from a different perspective for people who don't understand what that means. That's just like if you have a, a person who loves you every single day, say, hey, I love you, I love you, I love you, but turns around and beats you down constantly. You telling me that you love me with your words, but you're actually telling me something totally different. You're not loving me. You hurt me every single day. So when you go to God and you tell God, hey, God, I want to do right, but I'm going to continue to sin. You're hurting God over and over and over and over because you haven't truly committed your ways to him. You haven't decided, hey, God, I'm going to turn this over to you right now. I want you to fix my problems. You can't wait till the last moment because that last moment may just be any second now. And I'll just say, I've been on my walk with God for a while now, and it is the best decision that I have ever made. I don't regret it for one moment. So why wait to get to know this awesome father we have until you're on your deathbed when you can get to know him now and experience everything that he has for you? It's not even worth waiting. You should do it like right now, right this second. (laughs) You should be confessing that Jesus is your Lord. Lord and Savior, because just the transformation I have gone through, I see how I'm a different person. I have people who tell me, Janet, you sound so light right now. Are you just walk like you walk on clouds? Like God gave me a new walk. So I have a question, though, based upon that in general. Why do you think people wait to the last second? They fear that all the fun that they're having has to turn off. I think when it comes down to Christianity, the religion and not the relationship, there's a lot of falsehoods on how you have to be like a Christian has to look a certain way. Rewind it back to beginning. It's a heart change. 
God is going to tell you what he doesn't want in you and what he doesn't want to be a part of you. Mm-hmm. And when he changes those things, it's not going to be in a way where you feel like you're missing out. It's not going to be in a way where you feel like that, you know, you're lacking in something. You're going to be so much more fulfilled and so much more at peace and ha- and still have fun. I have fun being a Christian. There is nothing boring about it. There may be people that I no longer deal with that may look at my life and say that I am boring, but I can tell you that I enjoy it. Being a Christian doesn't mean you have to look like everybody else, speak like everybody else, listen to the same type of music that everybody else listens to. It's important to know that it's just, it's a personal relationship that is going to be tailored to who God wants you to be. So are you saying that my walk with God may not be the same walk that you have with God? It's not going to look like the same walk. What God has for you is for you. What God has for me is for me. And sometimes we are parallel in our walk, but our walks are still not the same. God may want to use me to reach people in dark spaces. God may want to use you to edify the church. God may want to use you to minister into kids. Just like our fingerprints are different, our walk with Christ is different. I thought about something. When you said walk with Christ, I I look at it as a race. You know, we all going to run our races. And our race is going to be different. You may be doing hurdles. You may be, you know, form our relay race. But the ultimate goal is to get to that finish line. When I think about is it ever too late, I think about my sister. In 2019, her cancer came back and she had surgery on her liver to remove the spots. And they told her they didn't think that she was going to have to have chemo, which she was excited about because the first time she had chemo, she absolutely hated it to the point where she said if she ever had to do it again, she wouldn't because it was so rough on her. Fast forward six months later and her cancer was back. Not only was it back in her liver, it had moved to her lungs. This time, surgery wasn't an option and they told her that she had to go on chemo. I'd gone home to kind of help her as she was starting to go through chemo again. And we talked a lot about what it meant, how she felt about it. She was a fighter. And she had made the decision that she was going to fight until God said she couldn't fight anymore. As she's going through her chemo, she had a seizure. And after they did a head CT, they found out that she had cancer on her brain. So she has cancer in her liver. She has cancer in her lungs. And now she has a spot in her brain. After emergency brain surgery, she bounced back like a champ. No pain medication needed. She was a tough cookie. Fast forward two months and she has another spot on her brain. Fast forward two months and they found a spot of cancer on her back. The last time they found the cancer, she texted me. She was so upset and she felt so defeated. She was like, Janet, I feel like I'm on borrowed time. And I didn't know how to respond to her in that moment. I remember just saying, God, what do I say to this? I ended up texting her back saying, we are all on borrowed time. The thing is, what do we do with the time we have? I had watched a sermon a few days before. It was a sermon by Pastor Steve from Elevation Church. And he was talking about sometimes we go through situations and we go through battles, not because they're our battles, but it's because God wants us to learn to trust him to fight those battles. I sent her the message and there was a change in her after she heard that message. When I say she engulfed herself in who God was, I'm sorry, she engulfed herself in who God is. For the last three months of her life, God was her focus. She dedicated herself to her faith. 
If a doctor gave her a bad report, she says, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I'm trusting God. She didn't care what this world had to say about her or her condition. She knew who she was in God. That was a heart change. I remember telling her, Cynthia, God is giving you time to get your life right. And that is what you need to focus on. Don't focus on whether or not it's going to come back. Focus on what to do with the time that you have. We followed each other on the Bible app. After she passed, I just went through and I could see all of these plans she had completed in the time that she decided to walk with God. She developed an intimate relationship with God. Knowing that she made that heart change made losing her a lot easier because there was no doubt that she was resting in our father's arms. She had gotten to a place that I am striving to get to every day. No, she didn't live her entire life serving God. But when he called her and when he asked her, would you choose me? She said, yes, I choose you over everything else. It's hard when you know that you are facing a disease that keeps taking you out. It's hard to say, God, what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling right now is that you can't care for me because of what I'm going through. But despite what she was going through, she chose God. And she wasn't a horrible person. Anybody who knew Cynthia knew that she was a gentle soul and she was the most caring person I had ever met. But at the end of the day, being a gentle soul, being a caring person does not get you into heaven. Accepting the Lord as your savior and dedicating whatever time you have left to him is what gets you into heaven. Listen, that was very powerful. Um, mm, Thank you, Cynthia, for that lesson. I'm grateful that you were able to witness it, to share that testimony. So as you were speaking, it made me think of what I'm going through. Me and uh, my husband, we just lost his brother to complications from COVID. I remember years ago, my mother-in-law said to me, I hope I live long enough to see my son. And she was talking about my brother-in-law get baptized and get saved. In 2018, while my brother was at work, an apartment caught on fire. Him and another co-worker were able to get into the burning apartment and rescue a four-year-old little boy and his mom. Something about facing and saving someone from death, God used to convict him. That Sunday, him and his son together got saved and baptized. My mother-in-law was able to witness the request she made to God. Fast forward to 2020, day after Thanksgiving, he went into the hospital suffering from COVID-19 and pneumonia. February 19th, he passed away from his battle. I'm sorry. He transitioned because there's no passing and there's no dying and there's no losing when you are in the body of Christ. So he left this world and transitioned to his eternal home with our father. But that's not even the story I wanted to tell. The story I wanted to tell was about how his wife, who has been with him for almost 30 years, stood by his side. And when she started to feel her weakest, she reached in to God to the point where she say her husband couldn't sleep next to her in the bed. So she laid her Bible there and God gives her rest. God gives her peace. That's what she draws to. 
And I know some of y'all are thinking, what does that have to do with the parable from the beginning? And what does that have to do with salvation? You never know in your waiting to try to get saved to the very last moment who is going to help somebody else draw to. See, my sister already had a relationship with God. But her husband stepping into where he needed to step into and getting saved helped her draw closer to him when she couldn't draw closer to her husband. So while you are being selfish and trying to do things your way, you don't want to give in and surrender and submit to allow God to have his way and invite him into your life. You don't know who in your family, who you love that you're actually causing detriment to because of your inability and your disobedience to walk where God has told you to walk. So yes, whether your salvation and your relationship is a personal thing for you, the weight that your salvation can come with cannot just save you, but it also gives other people strength that look to you. It's a good point. Like, yes, our walk is our walk, but we're all intertwined. Yes. My walk and my faith helped my sister. My walk and my faith can impact anybody I come in contact with. Mm -hmm. Seeing the God in me can make somebody who doesn't know God ask well, why are you so happy when this just happened to you? Why do you still have joy when you've lost your job, your house is burned down, your car has been repoed? How do you still find joy? My joy comes from my father above. Yeah. My peace comes from my father above. Yes. He gives me peace beyond my own understanding. Go back to what you said, like we're intertwined. You invite God into your life and you accept him as your Lord and Savior and you allow him to change you. And even though that is personal because that is happening to you, what you're showing is not personal. Your walk It's not personal. Right. The responsibility that God entrusts to you is not personal. Your children are looking to you. Your friends are looking to you. Strangers look to you. People that won't like your post on Facebook is looking to you. Right. Because you chose to be obedient and surrender. So I have one thing to say about this in general. You know, that's why I think in your prayer, you should ask God, let my walk be inspiration, not a distraction. Yeah. I always pray and I say, God, shine through me. Yeah. When people look at me, I don't want them to see Janet. I want them to see the Jesus in me. Yes. I want to be overflowing with every good thing that Jesus represents. I don't want to talk like I used to talk. I don't want to think like I used to think. And I don't even want to see things the way I used to see things. That has always been my prayer. For me to even begin to walk that type of life, I have to empty myself every day. I have to say, okay, God, today I want to do this, but what do you want me to do? Today, God, on the podcast, I want to talk about this, but what do you want me to talk about? God, I want to post this on Facebook, but what do you want me to post? And it's a a constant denying myself to see and seek God for what he wants to do in me. And this is going completely off topic of what we were originally talking about. But that is what happens when you say, God, okay, speak through me. Whatever you want me to say, I will say. And then he comes in and he takes over. And I have a whole page of notes that we haven't touched on. (laughs) I mean, I had a story that I kept trying to say the whole time. Y'all won't get a chance to hear that. (laughs) But I just couldn't get it out. 
because that's not the direction that the Holy Spirit wanted us to flow. Yeah. Guys, I hope from listening to today that you realize that salvation is the most important decision you will ever make for your life and also for the eyes that are watching you, the eyes that you know and the unknown eyes. Yes, salvation has a weight, but that weight is not just for you to carry. The Lord will teach you how to carry and to carry with grace. All right, guys, that about wraps up our show for today. But before we leave, we want to just close in a little bit of prayer. Kita, can you lead us out? Father God, we come to you today knowing that we've missed the mark, knowing that we are imperfect, but we desire to have a relationship with you. So today we open our hearts and we invite you in. We invite you in knowing that we have some deep issues that only you can clean up. We invite you in knowing that we've made some bad decisions that only you can correct. We invite you in not knowing what it means to even have a relationship with you, but we trust that you will teach us. We open ourselves up to your will and your way. We confess with our mouth and believe with our heart that Jesus died for our sins and he rose again to show that he is the one and only true God. When he ascended to heaven, he left behind his spirit to be our comfort and our guidance. Lord, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for delivering me. I love you and I trust you. In Jesus' name, I will always praise and I will always pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, we don't want this conversation to end here. Head over to our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash JKW podcast. And let's keep this conversation going. As always, subscribe to the show so you can catch every new episode. And also leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next Wednesday. Be blessed.